Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Kinetic Life Podcast, brought to you by Kinetic Renew. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your way to your dreams, your goals, and your success. We'll be fueling that with key information on topics like health, science, tech, and lifestyle, coated with a few laps along the way. In this episode, can a computer screen clean itself? They can now. Pre-salted asphalt, always ready for winter. White traffic lights, good for autonomous vehicles, bad for humans. Dangerous carbs, it's not the type, it's the quantity. Does vitamin D detox dementia? Was Mary Poppins wrong? A spoonful of sugar can give you a migraine. Plus, a few helpful tips and tricks to help you on your journey. And now we begin. Here's Michael Chalabudis and Dr. Mark Hertzberg. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Connect Life Podcast. It's a great day for a great day. And as always, I'm your host, Mike Chalabudis, with my good friend, Dr. Mark Hertzberg. That would be me sitting here on this great day of great days. Days are getting longer. The weather's getting a little bit nicer. I'm, I'm ready for summer. So the days are not only great, but there's more greatness in the longer day. Oh, exactly. But does the great day include the great night? Because then it wouldn't matter how long the day is. Mm. Or could the night, could it be a hard day's night? <laughs> a great day's hard night. Oh, we're losing you, Mark. We've got, we've got to reel you back in here. Focus. Okay. Do we have anything to focus on? Anything you want to talk about? Well, I know you're kind of a car buff yourself, Mark, and I thought we'd maybe start with some cool uh, new car car tech that's coming out. Ooh, speaking of car buff, there'll be less buffing if the things could clean themselves, wouldn't it? That they would. Thank the uh, powers that be that General Motors is uh, patenting self cleaning car screens. Well, as many of you, uh, if, if anyone has bought in a car in the past two or three years, you more, most likely have uh, a touch screen, which is supposed to be more convenient, but I find terribly more dangerous while I'm trying to hit a screen and, you know, adjust something while you're driving. But that's for another discussion. Uh, but the annoying thing is you have fingerprints all over it. You might not notice it while the screen is on, but you turn that car off and man, does that screen look ugly. One of the insanities of our age, when archaeologists look back and they'll go, these people were fascinated by paying more and more money for things like cell phones and tablets that had uh, more and more uh, expensive, detailed, high-def screens, and they're also touchscreens. So as soon as you cleaned it, you put fingerprints and smeared uh, every possible kind of dirt across the expensive screen. So uh, it was completely useless as far as the technology to make the pictures better. Hey, you might think it's crazy, but my, my lovely wife for Christmas got me a computer cleaner. It's like a duster and a screen cleaner that I leave in the center console of my car because I hate my screen has marks all over. Well, fret no more. Because the self-cleaning screen, uh, the basic idea of it is they build the surface with, uh, they'll include some titanium oxide and when it's hit with UV, it switches the surface of the screen from being hydrophobic to 
super hydrophilic. So this is kind of like, it goes from Clark Kent, scared of a little water, to Superman, I can swim under the, to the depth of the bottom of the ocean, no problem. I love the water. And all the moisture from the air will now collect on the screen, so it becomes moist. And a UV light will come out, and it will oxidize the water, which will kill all the microbes, the viruses and bacteria and stuff on the screen. And then when you turn off the UV, it goes back to being water repellent, then the water will kind of drop off. Beat, off, beat up and dr- drop off, taking all the broken down bacteria, cell material, etc., cleaning the screen. So, and for those who don't know, the normal screen has uses a combination of blue, green, and red LED lights to give that full package of colors. This is using those three lights as well as a fourth, which is creating the UV light. So all the lights are on there, but the UV is not on all the time. You're not going to be getting a suntan while you're driving. Uh, it's, I guess, probably selective. Probably, I would imagine it's probably setting like a timer when the car is off or something to that nature, like kind of cleaning overnight. Oh, you just skipped right over the fun part that you could get yourself some good skin cancer if it were turned on at the wrong time. The now I would like to think of you getting more of a tan over skin cancer. I mean, they might go hand in hand. Well, but tanning at... booths are notorious for being dangerous. And by the way, in a tanning booth, you have to cover your eyes. So yeah, this should not be on while you're in the car. Uh, the people writing it did come up with a point that it, this would probably, it's real nice to talk about and the General Motors uh, worked on it, but it probably would be smarter if you did it with cell phones and tablets and you wouldn't have to build in the source of UV. You could have at home at night a UV light that you put it under and it'll clean overnight. Yeah, I mean, that would make, I guess, the most sense, but it's it, building it in makes it kind of... Uh, more convenient for individuals than having a perpetual adjustment. Right. And the truth is, because you could use UV light straight to kill the viruses. So, uh, you know, if you really were baking in UV the whole time, you wouldn't need the water to oxidize. The UV would do it directly. Yes, but I guess this way, it's it's the whole setup is, like I said, it's a cleaning process. So the UV comes, kills everything, Take, brings in the water, kills, and then wipes itself off. So the average individual doesn't have to do anything. I don't have to bring out cloths, UV light. It's somewhat idiot-proof. But I agree if if it malfunctions in any way and you're getting baked with UV while you're driving because the screen went haywire. Uh. Well, you know something? I'm less concerned with this fantastic automated clean the screen when I'm in the car. I'd rather have my roads clear while I'm driving. The Kinetic Life Podcast is sponsored by Kinetic Renew. With benefits like anxiety relief that doesn't knock you out, Renew increases energy, focus, and provides brain support. So get on with your day with Renew in liquid or gel caps. Visit KineticLife.com now and try it. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-Q Life.com now. So another cool piece of, I guess, no, I'm not even sure this car tech, more of road tech, uh, is a, I guess, salt-free road. It almost 
building a salt type of uh, compound within the asphalt. So not only does the state or government-owned trucks don't have to come out and salt the road, um, it reduces the temperature at which uh, snow will start building up on the road. Right. They uh, have come up with, instead of using chloride salt, which number one causes a lot of rust and other damage to anything that comes there and uh, isn't considered good for the environment. They have an acetate-based salt. And one of the things, besides it doesn't rust things and it's supposedly environmentally friendly till it's been around a while and we found out what it does wrong, but it can be uh, formed into these kind of microcapsules that can be built into the asphalt itself and then kind of like time-released. So they say there's enough can be put into the top two inches of asphalt to keep the road properly salted for seven to eight years. So whenever it snows, it's automatically salted. And it says it actually, it can work in lower temperatures than chloride salt. And it also will lower... Uh, it works like antifreeze. It will lower the freezing temperature of water from from just thirty two Fahrenheit to, to negative my, six. Negative six, which is negative twenty three degrees C for those playing along. Twenty one degrees C for those playing along. And if anyone asks how come we didn't say what the first one was in C, you're supposed to know that thirty two degrees F is da 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 zero zero. That's the definition of C. Okay. So, uh, this will never happen because the unions that want to work fixing the roads and salting the roads will never allow it, but that's another question. Oh, well, but they're pushing the green initiative. You would take the, the trucks off the road, you don't have to worry about salting, it would, just, it would save so much money and environmental damage, but I guess that doesn't really matter. And, yeah, they, they can do it like they're doing now. They just started uh, work zone cameras. They pull in trucks with cameras to take pictures of cars driving through the work zone, but it, there's yet to be a worker there. Just well, a camera. it's a potential work zone. Potential work zone. Someone will be working eventually, so better reduce speed. Yeah, Except that's... the person behind you that's... Work zone is a bureaucrat speak for, here's where we're going to tax everyone driving through. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when they when they Ooh. looked at those, apparently they, uh, the, for the, during the test, it was like 6,500 tickets they would have given out in like less than a day or a weekend or something at $50 a piece. That's good money for the state. So unless the people really, really complain, they're going to pop those babies up and start collecting money because Lord knows they mean it, need it. Who knows where the money's being spent, though? By the way, uh, if we didn't need salt this entire winter. <laughs> Basically, we had one-eighth of an inch of snow. And the winter before, nothing after a one inch in November of 2021. <laughs> well, we could use some road work, though, because the, the roads look like they're driving on the moon these days. Which is when I bought these things online for my parents' shoes and my shoes to that keep you from tripping in the snow. Never had a flurry since then. Of I'm course. very powerful. That's when you, you, you buy the snowblower and then you'll never get, a, you know, there won't be a snowstorm that winter. But if you don't have one or it breaks down, then you're going to get a blizzard after blizzard. I have my own little rain dance. If the place is in a drought and needs rain, I'll just wax my car. That'll do it. 
<laughs> They'll be calling you in the drought regions. But I need they should. To transport myself and the car and some fresh wax, and you'll have no time. So, okay. <clears throat> Not that we digress. Now, now that we are going to have the salted highways, you're going to have some health nut come up and say, I will only ride on salt-free highways. Do what you can with what you've got where you are. Teddy Roosevelt. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Winston Churchill. Women, like men, should try to do the impossible. And when they fail, their failures should be a challenge to others. Amelia Earhart. Why drive your car when your car could drive you? My car's already cleaning itself on a road that salts itself, so why should I have to do anything? Uh, well, now there's talk of adding, uh, I guess, a white light. So a fourth light, I believe, to uh, stoplights, or is it that all f- three lights will be white all of a sudden? No, it'll be a... And it, they say white is just what they're saying now. It could be any color, uh, but... Instead of the red, green, yellow, there'll be a fourth light. And the idea is when there are enough autonomous vehicles communicating, they can control the flow better. So the autonomous vehicles, the red light, green will stop and they will simply among themselves decide who goes when. So for the cars that aren't autonomous, there'll suddenly be a white light and that says, follow the leader. If there's autonomous car, if the autonomous car somewhere ahead of you has stopped, then every car stops, you stop. On the cross section, the autonomous cars are going, you follow them. And that will mean everyone will have the benefit of the autonomous car communication. And they basically found that if you have a lot of autonomous cars, um, it can reduce traffic delays by 90%. If only 10% of the cars are autonomous, it's already a 3% reduction in these backups. So you have to get enough autonomous cars, vehicles on the road. Right. The one thing that I'm looking at this and going, when you're following the leader, what it's assuming is there's a spread of autonomous cars. So, you know, the autonomous cars, when they decide to switch, you stop, this side will go now. That's because... Uh, it ran out of an autonomous, you know, the, they let enough autonomous cars go through. So this is assuming that you're following a car that's autonomous, someone's following you perhaps, and then there's an autonomous car. What happens if you have a bunch of autonomous cars and then 20 non-autonomous cars in a row? They're all following each other. The yeah. So the autonomous cars in the other direction are going to think, no more autonomous cars, let's change. They're going to start, but you ain't going to stop. So <laughs> it brings up uh, the question of this whole fourth light is stupid. Let the autonomous cars, instead of sending a signal which street should go, put up the white light, just have the autonomous cars send a signal and control the green, red, yellow. Simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would have to literally know the spacing of how many autonomous versus non-autonomous cars are in the line at the light 
Yeah, and basically, if they if if you're following cars that are moving, and there's no autonomous car in that group anymore to tell you to stop, and the other, the cross traffic now is saying we can go, the light will turn red on your side. It's it's so much simpler, and that it they're even thinking of this fourth light. Uh, I can only resort to what Bugs Bunny says when talking to people like this. What a maroon. <laughs> it makes so much more sense when you make it more complicated somehow. Yeah. and persistence conquer all things. Benjamin Franklin. Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. Thomas Edison. A man can succeed at almost anything for which he has unlimited enthusiasm. Charles Schwab. Hey, have you been carb loading? Is that good for you? Yeah, I'm carb loading for uh, tomorrow's work day. You know, I got to make sure I'm ready to go for that extended day of sitting behind a desk under fluorescent lights. Well, you're lying because you usually stand at a standing desk. Ah, uh, touche. Ah. So, here's a shocker from all those who are saying uh, there are a lot of health problems and not just getting fat from eating more and more carbs, but uh, coronary artery, cerebrovascular, peripheral vascular disease, which this article has said, let's combine them all into a bigger category, CVDs. Uh, and they're saying that uh, they are all increased to risk with carbs, but this new finding is saying it has nothing to do with how many carbs you eat. Just the type of carbs. The type of carbs. And they break up into three categories. Free sugar, non-free sugar, and fiber. And free sugar is described as pretty much... was it pretty much like like white sugar, just well, added sugar, but then they add also nectars and honey. Which right. So what they're talking about is concentrated sugar. So when you add sugar put into something, but they're saying honey. Well, honey is the bees' attempt to make well, you know white sugar yeah. that they purify. It nectars are generally very purified. So they're saying and fruit juice concentrates right. at a so high sugar. So if you there two. So basically, they're kind of saying there are two ways to have quote added sugar. Add sugar, like white cane sugar to something, or take something that we consider not added sugar, non-free, and concentrate it. Mm. So that's kind of the same as adding sugar. The one thing is they keep referring to all carbs, but then they only list three. And there are a lot more carbs in this, and they're missing a lot of the point. Because I did a deep dive into carbs research recently. So it's not just sugar, free sugar, non-free sugar and fiber. There are all types of carbs, and when they talk about causing these problems, they're talking about glycemic hits. Glycemic hits 
which is how many times per day you have big spikes in blood sugar. So this article doesn't go into it, but it's not just what type of sugar you have, but if you have a lot of sugar in one sitting, you're basically having a spike. If you cut, if you have half as much, but do it in five different times, you have five spikes. Uh, the spikes come from sugar that gets into the bloodstream and is used quickly. Free sugars will do that. Uh, fats don't. They don't give you a glycemic hit. They don't, therefore, cause chronic inflammation. They don't, therefore, set off a lot of these arterial damages that cause a lot of these problems. But I thought fats are bad, Mark. They're they're changing on that. (laughs) Okay, ditto. The proteins don't do it. But when it comes to carbs, they're actually saying the dividing line isn't this carb and that carb like they used to talk. It's the complexity of digesting the carb. There are some carbs that, if if they're not sugar to begin with, become sugars at the snap of a finger, and that's a big glycemic hit. There are others that take your intestines and eventually maybe liver and stuff a long time to work and break them down into smaller usable components so they will not have a big hit. Yeah. And that's why also you would see it, I would imagine, like a protein meal that there's some thermogenesis involved and what takes your body much more energy to break down those carbs, which then you're burning more energy and it's much more difficult for them to for you to absorb initially and, and have that quick spike, it's kind of a slow release, correct? Right. And so it's it's part. It's the time. This it's to keep from having these jolts. Ooh, is that the name of something you can drink? Mm. And it's. I mean, this could be like ten podcasts. Uh, and I watch many, 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 many people, other people doing podcasts on these things. Uh, so there's a lot involved in this. That this is just, this this whole article is more of kind of a headline. Go look into this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, they did a super basic. I think it was a 24 hour assessment. They looked at you know a bunch of people's diets and the amount of you know free sugar, non free sugar, which for those which we didn't describe is kind of you know sugar from like a strawberry or something. It's it's not a concentrate, but it's a you know. Strawberries are might be a little more higher in the glycemic index, and then the generic fiber. And they found that those that have a higher diet in free sugar had a much higher prevalence of uh, of cardiovascular disease and an increase in triglyceride levels. Interesting that you happen to pick strawberry. Picking strawberries, because uh, recently, you know, like I had read a few things. One of which was the order you eat matters. So if you have the protein before the carbs, it'll be less of a glycemic hit than if you have the carbs first. So steak before potatoes. Uh, But it also said there were certain berries, especially, I believe, strawberry and raspberry Mm. that contain something that slows the glycemic hit not only in them, but in foods you eat with them. Oh, I mean, but that's a different I article. Think of, I'd have to go look up of like the cellulose fiber in, in strawberry and raspberry. People always think of a raspberry ketone. Uh, keto bodies have health benefits, but I would imagine uh, the amount you'd have this raspberries have taken to get enough of those ketones. Is, no, the, well, a lot. it wasn't fiber they were talking about. I'd have to go. That's a completely other article from something else. So uh, shouldn't uh, go too deeply into it before looking it up again. 
But there are, you know, it, it's way more sophisticated when it comes to Dyden. So this is basically saying type is more important than total amount, which is just the tip of the iceberg of all the details that go into it. It's super basic, high level. But yes, it, it's uh, something for our, you know, our, our viewers to keep in mind. Success is not about the end result. It's about what you learn along the way. Vera Wang. There are no limits. There are only plateaus. And you must not stay there. You must go beyond them. Bruce Lee. Victory is sweetest when you've known defeat. Malcolm S. Forbes. Satisfaction lies in the effort, not in the attainment. Full effort is full victory. Mahatma Gandhi. So I hear, what really puts the D in dementia or takes it out? Well, they believe that vitamin D supplements uh, could help reduce, uh, reduce likelihood of dementia. Actually, some studies have shown that it has reduced the tau buildup um, and as well as the uh, beta amyloid buildup, which are two plaque forming... Um, uh, that are associated with Alzheimer's and other forms of yeah. dementia. So they I looked at uh, about 5,000 individuals, I believe, just under 5,000. They looked at 12,400 with a mean age of 71. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure I get five of them. Oh, I'll tell you in a minute, but I'm going to let you guess. Oh, I guess it was, it was just about half that they looked at that actually used vitamin D. Okay, so they five? they started with 12,400, mean age 71, who were all dementia-free at the time. Mm. Okay, and they gave vitamin D supplements to 4,637 of them. That's that's the half that, was, that I was... <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a little over no, a third. Yeah. It's less than half. So... Uh, four tenths, <laughs> and what they discovered was that uh, there was a forty percent reduction, forty uh, percent fewer cases of dementia from right. those taking the vitamin D supplement. Yeah. Now they first confused the issue because then they uh, went and said that two thousand six hundred and ninety-six. They didn't say the time frame. Went on to start having signs of dementia. And so they didn't say how long this took. And they also then mentioned that of the original group, three quarters had no previous supplements before they started this thing. And one quarter had baseline exposure. Now, they don't say what they mean by that. Baseline exposure could mean that the baseline of this test was they had exposure. Or it could mean that they're saying nobody in this test was really doing a lot of supplementing, but some had like dabbled in it, a little, and what they call the baseline, just yeah. a little. But the, So who knows what they meant by it? But then they kind of dropped that. And by the way, saying that one quarter were using, of the ones who went bad, one quarter had been using before, well, that means that uh, it, it's not that much less if... if uh, Four-tenths of the people uh, are getting, or you're giving vitamin D, and three-tenths of the people go on to have the problem. It's not that much of a difference. Yeah. So they really got to clarify what they're talking about here. Uh, even when they say 40% fewer, 
Uh, they, they, they think they mean 40% fewer on a percentage basis. Because if 40% fewer had it, that means that they had it at the same rate. Because they were 40% of the people and 40% of the people who got sick. It's also much harder uh, for a study like this to prevent people from still getting the dose of vitamin D by walking around outside. I believe only about five minutes in the sun to really get what your daily dose of vitamin D. So it's not like you're giving them some sort of herb and you're either taking the herb or you're not taking the herb. You know, just walking outside, you know, plays a bigger role in getting a vitamin D dose. Where was it done? This is Scottsdale, Arizona or Hawaii. You spend a lot more time in the sun compared to Nova Scotia, Canada. The uh, They also then go on to be very vague. They go, some people benefited from the supplement more than others. So they go, women benefited more than men. So does that mean that the women used the vitamin D better? Does that mean that the women had more of a vitamin D deficiency to begin with and needed it more? Does that mean that a higher percentage would have the dementia problem so they were helped more? They don't say. Then they go and really confuse the issue by saying, People without the APOE-E4 gene. Mm. Okay, so you have to then go and do research on your own to say that those people have a much, much, much higher rate of getting dementia. Okay, and then they're saying that they benefit more from the supplement, but then they kind of go back and forth of, they say, because the APOE gene makes you, make the intestine absorb it. Well, the whole idea of a supplement is the intestines absorb it. So what they're saying is these people absorb it better. Okay, it's helped better. But then they're going, they have a problem before. Why should the vitamin D help them if they're already absorbing vitamin D better and it didn't help them? So yeah, I had to leave the article and research of APOE and dementia. And it found out that someone who knew what they were talking about goes, we have a problem with these findings. A- vitamin D fights dementia. People with APOED are better at absorbing vitamin D, but they do worse with dementia. So there's something that research doesn't know. and uh, Another factor. <laughs> yeah, no, and I believe that, I remember correctly, APOE4, uh, they, they found with those who have that mutation have a you know much greater plaque buildup. Uh, and I'm not sure if they have a reasoning on why, uh, and they look at it for athletes who athletes who have the, and you don't guarantee if you have the mutation you're getting dementia, but it's a much higher prevalence. Yeah. And athletes who have that uh, mutation and uh, at least for like you know for contact sports have a much higher chance of getting uh, was it CTE? Um, was it so in the football players? Was it CTE? Okay, so what you're talking about is if they have head injuries, their long term prognosis will be worse. Yes, if you if they have that mutation. Ah, okay, so you're saying that some of what you're doing isn't just the damage now, but you're setting off processes, and these people are more susceptible to those processes. Correct. See, you said something that makes direct sense, unlike some of the things written in the article. Okay, you know, if you're confused, all they had to do was spend two minutes online like I did to figure out the APOE, or don't mention it. Don't put gobbledygook down and not realize that it's gobbledygook. <laughs> oh, it sounds good, but if you know what you're talking about. You look at it you're like, okay, this is actually doesn't make any sense. It's more confusing without some more context to it.
opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Milton Berle. Success is a lousy teacher. It seduces smart people into thinking they can't lose. Bill Gates. Failure is success in progress. Albert Einstein. Fortune befriends the bold. Emily Dickinson. Impatience never commanded success. Edwin H. Chapin. Well, after discussing the vitamin D, Mark, uh, I was starting to get a, a headache uh, or maybe a migraine. You, you know, in 1935, they used to call them glycemic headaches. That was new to me. It wasn't new to me. I knew that. The uh, the migraines were one of my fun things. Were way back in one of the schoolings I went through in my attempt to never leave school. Uh, we had a guest lecturer who was an expert on migraines, and that was the time that everyone but me zoned out. <laughs> not she's not a regular lecturer. You won't be quizzed on this. Blah blah blah. And it's the only time I woke up. Because <laughs> oh, you probably <laughs> found it interesting. Yeah. So, uh, and that was a little bit before the 1990s, which means it was in the days when there was nothing they could even really try to do for a migraine. Well, I knew sugar played a role, and in, in this most recent article talking about how there's a nine different glycemic factors, and they believe that certain ones play a specific role in causing migraines or increasing the prevalence. Right, and they you know they they do mention some stuff about migraines now. Few things, maybe just to give a very basic idea of a migraine. When people want to argue, oh, this is the worst pain a person can feel, and they argue this is or that is or that is, it's simple. A migraine is. Any other pain you feel means something is sending a signal to the brain that something hurts. If you know anything about uh, torturing people, if you retranslate the old Roman books, the biggest problem in torture is. People will short circuit. They just can't send more pain signals. They'll it'll knock them unconscious at some point. You, you zone out. So there's a limit to the signal that can be carried. Also, with any other pain, you can try to block the pain signal. You could also go after what's hurting. A sinus headache can be so bad you bash your head against the wall in pain. But not only can we give medications to try to calm the pain signal, you can give medications to try to lower the swelling, the inflammation tissues, the stuffing, you can treat it. A migraine is very similar to a Klingon torture where they light up the pain center of the brain. That's what it is. The pain center of the brain, nothing is sending a signal, hey, I hurt. The pain center center of the brain just lights up, dreaming of infinite pain. So it doesn't have the limits everything else does. There's also no signal to block, no, nothing physical to go after. And, and if you do come up with a drug, there's a blood-brain barrier to worry about. So it was way more difficult to deal with. And it was only in the last like 30 years that they can try medicating at all. And we still have a long way to go till there's anything good. Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, look, they talk about mostly blood sugar levels and glycemic, and I've heard in the past a lot of things about, you know, inflammation and whether it could be allergies or some kind of reaction. 
So uh, th- obviously it seems that they're still really not sure. Now in the article it talked about nine different glycemic factors and they kept throwing the words, you know, genetic, but they did not tell me anything about what the genetic comparison was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not saying yes, they yeah. did. <laughs> like there was a generic correlation between uh, fasting insulin levels and glycinated hemoglobin, which I would imagine uh, you, you have more glycinated hemoglobin when you have higher blood sugar levels, and higher blood sugar levels would be higher insulin levels on mm-hmm. your fasting. So, And they also it, talked about two-hour insulin levels. Besides the fasting. So, I mean, by those factors, automatically, I would think someone with type 2 diabetes would be suffering from migraines left and right. I don't know yeah. if there's a higher chance of... They also used a good word, but they didn't really go with it. Okay. Some things have causes. I step on your toe, your toe hurts. That's different than a trigger, where I remind you of when you broke your toe... I say, hey, remember that, and it triggers that you start, you know, psychologically yeah. feeling pain. So some people have triggered. There, there could be someone I say orange juice, and they get a migraine headache. It didn't cause it; <laughs> it <laughs> triggered it. So they talk about they mention triggers, uh, but then they talk about causes, and they're not all that sure. So there's all of that. Um, they did mention auras. There are visual things. Some Now, that also gets very interesting. It's almost like before the pain center lights up in some people, the vision center lights up. And it's very similar to like in the cartoons when they bang their heads and they see the birdies flying around or mm. lights. You bash the back of your head, you excite the vision center and you see things. The eye has no idea. They're called, some people get the vision problems and don't get the pain. So they call them ocular migraines, which is a little misleading because ocular means the eye and the eye may not know it's happening. It's the brain's vision center that's playing these games. So I was wondering if they were getting at that, but they really dropped the ball. At one point they go, instead of saying migraines, they go migraine and headaches. Now, they didn't say migraine and other headaches. They just said and headaches. As if a migraine isn't a headache, it's something else. So I said, were they getting at there are some migraines where you never get the headache? Or were they talking about migraines and other kinds of headaches, but they didn't go into what kind of headaches they were talking about? Because there are a whole lot of other kinds of headaches. They weren't specific at all. No, but they didn't, they didn't uh, describe the difference between the two. They just mentioned it. At least I don't remember seeing it. Yeah. So... Uh, again, this, you know, what's the genetic link? We know there's a link between sugar levels and headaches, and there are genetic links. If you're saying that some people genetically have more trouble with sugar than others, and the sugar can cause these problems, well, then I guess that's your link. But they really never they, uh, talk about. It might not be so much of the sugar as saying spiked insulin might yeah. be activating certain pathways. Again, still kind of vague. They're blaming sugar, but there's still a lot unknown. They used to talk about constricting vessels, unconstricting, dilating vessels, rapid change between that. And, of course, sugar levels can tie into that. So uh, we're not answering the migraine question with this article. No, it's uh, still a lot for, uh, for research and debate. So... Thinking about all that itself can cause somebody to have, I don't know, a headache? Yeah, I'm working on that right now. Okay, so, but the good thing, this should ease your pain, is I think we covered a lot on this great, great day. Oh, 
We covered so much. I think that's probably why I have a headache now. <laughs> okay, well, I think if you have a headache now, I've done my job, and we can call it a day. Thank you, everyone, again for joining us on this uh, amazing day. I uh, really appreciate all the support and love. If you guys have any questions, please reach out to us at podcast at kineticlife.com podcast at k-i-n-e-t-i-q-l-i-f-e dot com and don't forget to subscribe like share um and until next time i'm your host mike shalvudis and i am mark hertzberg bye-bye bye-bye the kinetic life podcast is sponsored by kinetic renew Kinetic Renew is a four-ounce shot of all-natural ingredients that deliver some amazing benefits, like improved mental clarity, long- and short-term focus, and improved memory and cognition. Plus, Kinetic Renew improves mood with the added benefits of anti-stress and anti-anxiety. Here's what people are saying. I drink a bottle of Kinetic Renew, and I'm in a better mood. It's like waking up on the right side of the bed. (laughs) It's great. My mental focus is clearly better. I do notice that I have better clarity. Definitely improves my mood for sure. It reduces my stress. Visit KineticLife.com today. Log on now and use promo code POD1 for 30% off. That's 30% off your order when you use promo code POD1. KineticLife.com. K-I-N-E-T-I-Q Life.com. Do it now. You're going to love Kinetic Renew. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Life Podcast. Catch a new show every other Thursday. You'll find us everywhere you can listen to a podcast. And remember, be safe, have fun, and go for your dreams. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. All comments, jokes, views, and ideas expressed are those of the hosts or guests and do not represent any company or organizations with whom they may be affiliated. Always make sure to consult your own physician before starting any new diet, supplement, or exercise routine. Oh, and there's one more thing. If you're working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Steve Jobs.